on this week's episode of Three Worldwide Guys, what is an expert in 2022? We also talk about how elected officials are legislating via meme. And finally, we discuss some pretty good steps we can probably take to actually turn this whole thing around. Who are the three rural white guys? Jacob Dodds is an expert in EMS services and rural healthcare. Kellen Gracie is a political and data scientist. And Mike Heaton is a former lobbyist and nonprofit fundraising professional. In the end, though, we are all just three rural white guys sitting in a garage, drinking beer, and talking politics. <laughs> Welcome, guys. It was a a very interesting week, especially on social media this week. I think the the cold weather, the the being inside, uh, really got people online and, and and talking to each other a little more than we normally have, and it wasn't all positive. We had some uh, some some heated conversations, I would say. What are you talking about? Social I, media is a fabulous place. I think if uh, if people took a look at our Facebook profile or Twitter profile from this last week, they may find some entertainment. Yeah, don't go on the Twitter profile. <laughs> <laughs> Did Florida man come back? Which oh, one? Man, there's, there's an army of Florida men and women. So occasionally, Kellen likes to test out the Facebook ad feature. Occasionally. Occasionally. And so he just creates a little geographic target market yep. and age and some other things. And this last week, Kellen <laughs> opened, it wasn't even very long. How long did you have it up and what oh, did you target? It was open maybe 90 minutes. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> That's I'm all? not even kidding. 90 minutes. Oh my gosh. And who did you target? Um, I just hit Florida and Georgia primarily because I was looking around at other states with craziness going on as far as education bills are concerned. And the ad I was sending out had something to do just generic about the GOP attacking education. And, uh, oh boy, oh, it, it brought out, it brought out the Florida men. That's oh for sure. God. And women and yes. women. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have a new term. I want to, I want to coin, um, if I can, I don't know, maybe people use this already, but you all have heard of the, the villages in Florida. This. No, oh, tell me shut more. Up. I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the villages is this sort of retirement community, and it's been modeled over and over again in, in Florida, across Florida. So yeah. It's not just the villages, but it's this very intentional place that a lot of retirees go to. That's quite frankly pretty epic if you go and see it. Like there's entertainment yeah. every night. The HOA yeah. pays for all this incredible lifestyle. Some like fifty thousand plus people that live there. Yeah, yeah. and it's actually like its own zip code, right? Pretty yep. much at this point, yep. right? But it tends to attract the same kind of people because you want like attracts like, right? I mean, scientifically and socially, I think to a certain extent. And so the villages specifically is known to attract these super sort of middle income, a little higher than that wealth, hyper conservative folks. People. All of them own golf carts. All, yes, they do. When it you seems. move there, it, there's like part of the pamphlet, part of the program when you when you show up and you're on the. I've never looked into this. Oh, of course not. But part of the <laughs> part of the shtick they they have is you can live here without a golf cart, but you don't want to. Right. <laughs> right. And and that's just what I'm getting at is this is not an ageist thing here when I say this at all. It's this intentional isolation. Yeah. Of a group. Yep. And it, my kids play Minecraft. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Minecraft. You have kids. You, you probably know Minecraft. There are these characters, these sort of, uh, what do you call the non-player characters? The NPCs. NPCs. Yeah, it's literally the abbreviation, isn't it? Yeah. The NPCs, they're called villagers. 
and they walk around there. They sit in these little villages that you find uh, when you go and they go. See, I'm firmly, I believe that uh, Minecraft and its popu- popularity with the young kids is uh, all the evidence we need that child labor should definitely still be. <laughs> the youth yearn for the mines, Mike. They yearn for the mines. Listen, the villages and the villagers is not unique to that location or that zip code. True. There's a book written by a guy named Bill Bishop. It's called The Big Sort. It's not just conservatives doing this. Uh, Austin is very much a liberal mecca. A lot of people move to Austin because of that. Uh, This is something that's going on across the U.S. is like-minded folks moving in next to other like-minded folk because they're sick of the commies or the fascists down the street. That's that's the problem is what happens to them, right? Yeah. Is they end up thinking the same they follow the same websites and social media sites and then they all get together that evening and then share and reinforce it with each other and so you have this spiral of information that just that is maybe false maybe misleading may not be from experts and jacob i thought your post this week on the blog really encapsulated that that danger of not sharing resources that are from experts and that happens a lot in villages but you really, I think, hit it really right on the head of this trend we see in society. Yeah, and, and I mean, as far as the villages go, assuming that the people who interacted on our post last week aren't these Russian bots, <laughs> we're going to more than likely have a lot of angry people driving around in their golf carts next week. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> if they actually are listening to us right now. But yeah, as far as the expertise thing goes, this is nothing new in the political debate arena. It's really kind of been going on for a while. And I have to disclose the fact that I was made aware I did not know this at the time that I created that blog post and titled it, um, but there is actually a book called The Death of Expertise. With a question mark? No. So you're good then. You're good. Copyright is not infringed. Yep. And I, I have not read that book. I, I'm going to put it on my list of books to read, but just in the synopsis I read of it, it is basically outlining in a much more broader and academic uh, sense, what what I got at in that blog post is that we seek out information that backs up what we already believe. We're not actually learning anything anymore. We're not educating ourselves on, on issues. If we're angry about something, we're not actually researching to determine whether or not we should even be angry about it. We are just angry about it because it came from a specific source. And that's not necessarily a partisan thing. It just tends to be more prevalent on the right. I think. And right now, right now, right now. I'll say when, when my political coming of age, there was a lot of that stuff going on in like 2000, 2001, 2003, around September 11th, George W. Right. Bush, Iraq and Afghanistan wars. There was a lot of that on the left. And there's a term for that. It's called confirmation bias. A lot of people on the internet will tell you to do your own research, but they're really not. They're just Googling around to find things that support their already pre-held dispositions, right? And that's also essentially what you're talking about, Jacob, is, is confirmation bias. Yeah. And it's reinforcing that logical fallacy that they're trying to defend, right? Like, I mean, they, they some of these things, and I, like I made the comment in that blog post about the whole Joe Rogan situation, the, the argument that we have heard that, well... He's important to that discussion because of the the fact that there needs to be two sides to the the argument. When it comes to a pandemic, there's only one side to that argument. Right. 
There might be arguments within that one side. I mean, right. I mean, we can debate things like whether or not we should mandate masks inside at this point. Right, um, right, right. Those things are up for debate. But when it comes to the whole notion of the vaccine working or the, yeah. the outright existence of COVID or the use of hydroxychloroquine and, and ivermectin to treat it or drinking your own piss, <laughs> yeah, like, right. like there is, there is definitive... Groups scientific evidence on this right and and there is no point of debate for that because there is it, it's science right. right yeah drinking your piss either does or does not <laughs> cure you of covid and it doesn't newsflash right. don't drink your own piss people so that brings up something even bigger i think that it worries me a lot in the sense these and i don't know if, who all does this but i know fox news most definitely does this is they bring in quote unquote experts in the field that they claim they say they state we're bringing in an expert in a vaccination stuff like that. but in the field itself of virology they may be have been kicked out of the field Run they may have the been yeah. disgraced because they didn't do research properly they bring in this this outsider this edge person and they declare them an expert to an audience of millions who trusts them? Those are often folks who who might hold uh, the terminal degree in their field and maybe were engaged in the scientific research community at some point. They might even have some peer-reviewed studies on their belt, maybe a book or two, and then started heading into the rabbit hole, right? Down some pet project they had and went off the deep end. And now they're telling people to drink their own piss on the internet. And you know, you look at that and you're like, yeah, you might have a PhD and you have a couple of publications from the 80s, but it's very clear what's going on here, right? right. And you just do a little bit of digging and there's any number of news sources that come up with this person was fired for this or let go for that or ridiculed for this or the entire scientific community has run them out of town for whatever. That stuff happens all the time. And that honestly is science working, right? right? It's science saying, hey, I want you to prove me wrong and show me that you have a better idea, right? But when you don't engage with that and instead you say, it's my idea and it's always right, I don't care what anyone else says, the scientific community t generally tells you to, go to where the door is, right? right? And that those are the types of folks that you're seeing being brought onto the Joe Rogan show and, and on the Fox News and being prated out as experts. They maybe were one point in time, but something happened to them. So my question is less about the person himself or herself that's being prated out. My question is why is Fox News or Joe Rogan doing right, this? Right, right, right. Well, are they essentially bringing in an edge right. person it's, on? It's, as I said in the, in the piece, we've blurred the line between fact and entertainment, right? Mm -hmm. and, and actually even, even what you would consider left-wing media like msnbc uh, while they tend to and i guess it's relevant to your position but they seem to present the facts in a little bit more backed up and factual way but i would still argue that most of the shows that you see on msnbc are very much opinion based they just yeah. have the oh, left for sure the left-wing bias to it whereas fox news is almost all opinion based even their their what they hold out as their legitimate news shows have become largely opinion based and and people eat that shit up i think back to 16 17 years ago i was working as a paramedic up in central iowa and i'd work 24 hour shifts and and uh, you know it'd be a half hour trip to transport somebody to the hospital in des moines so you'd be coming back out to des moines to go back home in the middle of the night and uh 
there was a partner I worked with and he got me started on this thing. If we were running in the middle of the night, uh, we'd listen to a radio show called Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yep. It's been on forever. Art I don't, Bell. I know that name. I don't even know if it's still on, but it was. it's all really friend shit. It's like aliens and ghosts and paranormal shit, oh. you know? Mm-hmm. But they would bring on, air quote, experts, but it's all pseudoscience. And, and you listen to it for entertainment value because right. it's on in the middle of the night. Like yeah. The only people that are listening are... People that work the night shift or meth heads. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 like that show on yeah. It's like that show on the history channel, Ancient Aliens. You ever seen yeah. that? Oh yeah. Right. It is got these guys with the crazy hair and the and the they're all experts. All of them are experts, right? According to the history channel. But no, they're not. They're really not. But but you wouldn't you wouldn't ever come out and see me pushing legislation. Or furiously posting on social media about something that I heard on Coast to Coast AM, which is exactly well, which makes me think that Fox has even another motive. It's not even just entertainment. To me, and from what we've seen, is that their motive is to keep the Republican Party in charge. They've been very clear that they are political. I mean, they're Sean Hannity's like best friends with Donald Trump. That's not a news organization, right? And so they are pushing whatever they see as potentially the, the right-wing perspective. They're bringing on experts to reinforce that intentionally, even if it is fringe science. And to me, that's even different. That's more nefarious. That's more, that's more uh, undermined. Now, I think we got to call it what it is. To me, it's foxing. 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 To fox somebody. Yeah. They got foxed, right? Like, they got foxed, foxed. (laughs) It's intentional misleading. It's a form of gaslighting. It's It's this bringing people on with the intention of creating a movement that isn't necessarily based in science or reality, but will benefit the Republican Party, will benefit different corporations, will benefit... Whoever is empowering Fox News to be Fox News. You know, I, I think ultimately if I could say something to any of those folks who are, who are knee deep into that stuff, you've always got to ask who, who benefits from this, who, who profits from this message that's being displayed to me right now. Right. Right. It, it's not always clear and obvious. Sometimes you got to do a little thinking, but it's usually attainable. Right? You can usually find who it is that benefits and, and who's profiting off of this message and the mass production of this message to this particular group of people. You can usually right. figure that out. You just well, got to start asking the questions. And if, if you look at that from, from say, like a, an interpersonal relationship aspect, right? So if you, if you look up like a, a toxic narcissist and you, you look at that from an interpersonal relationship perspective, the reason that toxic narcissists exhibit the control they do is fear. Mm-hmm. It's it's fear and it's gaslighting. Mm-hmm. And that is what I see the Republican Party doing right now is so much of this is fear. And, yeah. and it, it goes back to our, our friends down there in the villages. I mean, they're they're retirees. They're they're sitting on the couch because it's raining outside during the day. Living they, in a, a man-made paradise. And and they're watching Fox News from the time they wake up until they go down for cocktail hour. And then they sit down there with their like-minded friends and it's an echo chamber Mm -hmm. and it just reinforces it. And this shit spreads on Facebook. Right. Let's draw on that a little bit here, guys. This idea of fear, it's so palpable just in the way people interact with us. 
We saw that very clearly this last week on social media. Yeah, that was definitely eye-opening. Yeah. And and I think what, based on the responses we got this afternoon, um, you know, Kellen, from the, the question that you posted about what leads to these conspiracy theories, yeah. a lot of you said it's fear. It's yeah. fear of change. It's fear of that life isn't the good old days like it used to be, and they want to blame somebody for their current situation. Mm-hmm. Republicans are giving them someone to blame. Yeah. I think there's also a fear of, of not belonging anymore. They have their tribe, their village that they're part of, and if they disagree or have a countering opinion that makes sense in their head but doesn't make sense to the group, they don't vocalize it. Mm-hmm. But, like, you do get ostracized. You get pushed out of your community when you speak up mm-hmm. for justice, for what's right, and that's a worry, I think. That's fear. It's fear as well. And, and tribalism, right? Yeah. It's, I, I was listening to an interview of, of Heather McGee today. She wrote a book called, I think, oh, I'm going to put The Sum of Us. The Sum of Us. Oh, okay. Yeah, great so book. Great, great, book. great book. Uh, and essentially traces this back. I mean, she opens the book up and starts off with, with basically asking, why can't we have nice things, right? Why can't we have the, the world's best infrastructure and high-speed trains? Why can't we have single-payer health care? all the things that would make life easier and better for everyone in the country. Why can't we do that? And ultimately she gets to the point where she's saying, this all comes down to a, what, what we would call a zero sum game. There are people who view kind of the political landscape and, and social relations as this zero sum game. So any gain that you make has to be taken away from somebody else, right? So if I gain 10 units of happiness, that's 10 units of happiness from somebody else. Ultimately, it says it's this idea that somebody's social position and where they are in life is coming at the expense of somebody else, right? right? And the, the powerful and those who are interested in creating class divisions in this country have essentially gotten everybody upset with each other, the working and the poor, working class and the poor, upset with each other over things like race and LGBTQ plus status and, you know, whatever else is on the menu for today. Immigration being an obvious one. Immigration. They're going to take your jobs. Healthcare policy, right, whatever. Uh, Books and libraries or trans students in bathrooms, whatever it is for the day, whatever is outraging you for the day, this is all being pumped into the kind of, context we live in primarily to keep us divided right and and along those same lines on the fear side of it there's also this reactionary emotional thing right i talked about this in the in the piece too as far as critical thinking Mm -hmm. and so to, to kind of contrast things so this morning we were kind of texting back and forth a little bit about some of the news on the January 6th shit. <laughs> and we were talking about the news of the fact that <laughs> I can't even, I'm not laughing about this, <laughs> that, that maintenance workers were having to, to dig, oh, yeah. dig Trump documents out of the toilet <laughs> at the White House. And, and I, that's, that wasn't really that outrageous and shocking. But then, but Kate, then real quick, how, how legit was that source? Because we're talking about sources and that, put shit no, out. It's that, the, that's legit. Yeah. But, the, but what I was okay. getting at was when, when Kellen responds back with, well, there's reports that he was tearing the documents up <laughs> and eating them. Oh, I read that too. Yeah. But did I, is that? Omarosa, an interview. An interview, okay. Yeah. But I, I got to be honest. Let's face it, there was plenty of tr- shit that came out of the Trump administration that 10 years ago would have been like onion type shit yeah that but, but even on that i i kind of stepped back and was like i'm gonna source do this. some research <laughs> just a little out there 
Right. And it appears that there's probably some legitimacy to it. But the point is, is it's not some random meme that somebody threw out on the internet for for attention. And vice versa, I have seen from conservative friends on social media this day, today, and none of them will acknowledge it when you question them on it. But, and I, I had to go research this because I had not heard this, was the whole... Do you know Joe Biden's giving out crack, crack pipes, pipes for free? I got a crack pipe in the mail. Did you? <laughs> do you know the source of all that? Uh, yes, it, I do. Because I, I had to research Yeah, it. me too. Yeah. Because I was, like, yeah. I was like, where did this bullshit come from? None of this has anything to do with Joe Biden. But I'll Not tell at you, all. I saw at least three or four of those memes of Biden throwing crack pipes at right. people. Uh, one of Biden smoking crack. Uh, another one that was like, I'm not with the pipe fitters union. I'm with the pipe hitters union. It's right. something like that. I, I saw a lot of dumb stuff like that. That. <laughs> but my point is like the idea of the president of the United States tearing up documents and eating them in the Oval Office is pretty fucking ridiculous. Like that made me stop and go, gee, I'm going to go source this. Whereas appearances is that this this thing gets started in a meme somewhere about mm-hmm. the Biden administration sending out yeah. crack pipes for free and they've ran with it. Right. Well, today alone, you your wife had an experience at work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone came in talking about litter boxes in the Mount Pleasant Community School District. Um, hey, have you seen our school districts going to be putting litter boxes in the bathrooms for kids that identify as cats? It's just ridiculous, man. Well, what makes it really dangerous is that people believe this crap, and then it gets legislated. What's the new term? You're legislating memes. I had a buddy of mine who, who wrote a state senator, and the state senator responded, and it was, it asked him to vote no on a book ban, and the state senator said something to the extent of, uh, I've seen these illustrations of incest and oral sex, and it's disgusting, something like that. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, wait, you 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 went into a public library or a public school library here in your district and you saw illustrations of incest and oral sex. Really? Really, State Senator? Did you really? Can you can you say what school that was in within your district that you saw that? Or do you think just maybe, just maybe it came to you on social media? Just maybe it got passed via an email because you're in this little bubble where everybody's passing this shit around so you can get behind something to rile up your base. That, that's what it most likely is because you haven't come out publicly in your district and, and been upset about some school district locally, have you? No. You haven't been in the paper talking about it. You haven't done anything locally at all. You're, you're legislating a meme. You're legislating a movement that has no basis in the people you represent in any way, shape, or form. And it's really frustrating because it's not worth the time. It's not why we send our legislators to the state capitol. We have way bigger issues to deal with. All of a sudden, we need bills and laws across the state, or across the country, rather, to to deal with this huge, huge problem threatening right. our adolescents. And now we're getting into your point about fear-based mongering. He's creating this fear, again, of this random book that someone found in some school library somewhere, and now they're creating this massive movement around fear. After they found that book, they went to lunch Open their phone and connected to the internet. Well, yeah, can, yeah. Let's, but we're worried about the book. Yeah. So, again, why do we need to legislate this? And like to Kellen's point, you can hop online and see ten thousand times worse. Because because at the end of the day, what it's really not about is it's not about this. Right. What it's really about is they are they are so convinced that there's this 
liberal indoctrination that's happening in schools that that's going to somehow uh, affect that. that so I, I see this guy, this state legislator, I see this person as actually somebody believing this, right? Yeah, we, see, we've met him. He, he yeah, fe yeah. It feels like he does. He feels like he does. And I see him as a villager, right? Somebody who's just being fed this crap by the national party, the national propaganda machine, and right. he just he just buys into. So it. that's like Turning Point USA, Americans for Prosperity, right. all Alec, that, all these all different that. groups that have intention with what they're feeding. And their their idea here is is fear. Is let's drive fear. Let's get people afraid of something that isn't happening and something that you really don't need to be afraid about. Well, and we have some evidence of this that we posted on our Facebook page last week, right? I mean, now the suddenly the Turning Point Iowa oh, Facebook yeah. page is gone. But, you know, it, <laughs> it says a lot when you see a kid standing in a public school with a sign that says socialism sucks. Yeah, right. a public a socialist, a socialist program. Well, it, it's, it's even worse than that. There was one with Representative Jeff Shipley, who we talked about last week for his negative comments on our teachers and our school systems, with a child holding a sign that said uh, something to the extent of, I will love my country no matter what my, my teachers say. Says. I'd like to know which teachers are telling them they hate their country. Just bring it down to the, the micro level here. When you're in a relationship, when you're married, right, you have a spouse, and your spouse is doing some weird shit, right, or something really harmful or dangerous or bad, you can sit down and say, hey, this is bad. You right. need to stop doing that, and let's figure out, you know, I love you. Let's figure out how to get to a better place. Right. That is not hating your spouse, right? right? So when we sit down and say, hey, America, we got some problems. Let's figure out a way to get past them and fix them. That's not saying I hate you, America. In fact, it's the complete opposite. Right. I've heard someone much smarter than me say the opposite of love isn't hate. It's apathy. Right? It's, it, the opposite of love isn't to hate somebody. It's to just not care about them at all. Right. Right? And what these folks are saying is you cannot critique America. It is too perfect. Right. There is nothing wrong with America. There never has been anything wrong with America. And anyone who says there has been is lying to you or is telling you that you need to hate America. Right. Well, and that's that's, uh, you know, if you if you talk to people who are self-described deconstructing or recovering conservatives, that's a point they hit on regularly is and, and they, they'll say that is the biggest thing. That was the biggest hill to get over was recognizing that. You have to get over the idea of American exceptionalism. That's super interesting. Where did you see that? That that was the biggest problem they had? <laughs> Believe it or not, TikTok. Really? <laughs> There's, so there there are a whole series of these people doing these confessionals on yeah. TikTok interesting. As, as conservatives. And they talk about what was difficult getting over that. Right. And, and every single one of them yeah. basically say that it's getting the idea that there are things that are broken in this country that we yeah, can right. do better. They, yeah. they outright say... Like I still support the military, right? Right. I, I wouldn't live anywhere else, right. but but there are things that we can do better here, and yeah. we have to recognize that. And that's sort of the conservative thing: is if you start attacking these institutions, if you start saying that, well, corporations are, you know, there's a reverse Robin Hood situation going on, they come back and say, no, that's that's capitalism. That's what makes America great. Right. Right. You, that's, oh, you make damn. America great again right. is <laughs> an aspect of that. Right. right. That said, one of my favorite TV shows ever is The Newsroom. 
Yeah. And and that's that's something specific that he mentioned is yeah. that whole speech from that. Yeah. Jeff Daniels' whole speech. First about episode. how we are and, yeah. and 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 he doesn't just say that. He backs it up with all the data. Yeah, we're 13th in that. this and 17th in that. And we are not number one in everything. We're not the greatest country in the world. Yep. But and they, that's okay. Right. They all say, though, once you get past that, it's much easier to accept this. That's kind of why I threw that into my my blog piece, too, about critical thinking. And I, I referenced my own experience with my opinion on the death penalty. I, I totally get how it is that that a staunch conservative that doesn't, apply critical thinking and they just stick to these fear mongered long-held beliefs without actually researching the issues can sit there and say well college turns people into liberals when in reality they're they're just learning about the world themselves right you know and they're learning about the importance of researching your opinion and gathering data nobody's nobody's liberalizing anybody they're they're coming to these conclusions on their own right Talking. Yeah, there isn't a, any kind of indoctrination happening. I, I think that's another one of these boogeymen that's created by the right to scare people. Is yeah, if you send your kids off to college, they're gonna they're gonna become these liberal hippies, right? And so you can't can't let them move away. Got to well, keep them at home. And, and we've had that attack on higher education for right. a long time. Yeah, that's right? nothing new. Uh, yeah. But I think the reason, and I, I mentioned this in the piece too, the reason this is has come into our elementary and high schools is because. Kids are being taught to think critically because mm-hmm. we're behind the rest of the world on that. Right. But all of a sudden now we have better access to information, to resources, to books, to opinions and ideas that are different from, from our parents and from the people we grew up with. Yeah. I mean, you, you start seeing this stuff, just people asking questions, thinking critically more so than you ever did. So, so here's where I want to go. If this is okay with you guys is, I'm looking at this email from from the senator, <laughs> yeah, and it's the same language that you see from elected officials in Michigan. It's the same language you see from these memes that are getting passed along, right? So it's obvious that they're taking their cues, intentionally or not, from outside sources. And we started this whole episode with that, with the idea of misinformation, all that kind of stuff. So where do we go from here then, guys? Because we shouldn't legislate via memes. We've established that. We've established the fact that you should depend on experts when making big critical decisions for your community um, or even personally. So how do we figure that out? How do we get the information we need to be able to, to think critically? I, I think, I think there's, there's two roadblocks to this. And one is, is that like when you, you talk about specifically healthcare and education, they've been undermined to the point that even even if you go to try and have a factual conversation about this, I mean we've seen this with COVID, right? I mean hospitals. The last month, how many hospital administrators and physicians and nurses have you seen on the news like pleading with people to take COVID seriously? Two years into this fucking thing, I don't know. and you still have a, a subsect of people that are saying they're in on it. You know, they're being paid off right. by George Soros as part of this this big conspiracy. So there's that component to it. But there's also the other component to it that that I, I think, and, and I don't know if this is a rural thing or if this is just a thing in general, um, but there's that fear of change. And I it, it can even be something that's not even all that controversial. Anytime that a government doesn't seem to matter what level it is, they bring in a, they have some issue, right, that they need to fix. Maybe it's developing an, an efficiency or something. They bring in a consultant. Right. 
and they pay a lot of money to bring the consultant in because why? They're a fucking expert on whatever the issue is and the problem is. So the consultant's job is to come in and, and take an objective third-party view of what the hell's going on and make a recommendation or, or several recommendations on how to fix it. And it is incredibly frequent where the entity that paid this person to come in and do this completely ignore what the consultant says. Right. Because, well, it's not, they end up finding that there's things that they weren't doing right or weren't doing well. And they take that personally and say, well, who the fuck is this person to come in from the right. outside and right. tell us what to do? Yeah, I think that's very real. But I'm, I'm going to come back on something from your first point. And that's, I think it's really hard to look someone in the eye and tell them they're wrong. I think if you hear, maybe not for you, Kelly. I was just you, you do that all the time. Yeah. No, but I think I I do think that you can hear about all this this undermining of our healthcare workers and George Soros paying them off on memes and on Facebook right. and on Fox News, right? But when you actually walk into say the cafeteria at the hospital and you talk to a handful of healthcare workers. You're going to learn otherwise pretty damn quickly because they're real people in front of you. This isn't some concept or idea, and they're exhausted. They're working their asses off, and they tell you, "Hey, put your damn mask back on. I don't want to. I don't want to see you in the ER." And you take it more seriously because they're right in front of you. And I think that has a huge impact. And people aren't doing that, especially with COVID. They haven't done that. But we need to get back engaged with our communities. We need to talk to our teachers instead of listening to our news about books coming from a meme on fucking Facebook and then emailing a state legislator about it and then hearing back some bullshit. We need to actually talk to our teachers and say, hey, how's the library? Is everything That's, going good? Is there any problems? I mean, ultimately what this bullshit is here is saying, let's let the mob on social media drive my legislative decisions. That's what the senator is saying. Yeah, Exactly. And instead, our senator should be at the school talking with a librarian and learning, what do you guys need? How can we help you? And I think that starts with the campaign trail, right? Like, what have you been doing locally? Tell me what schools you visited, what their needs are, how you're going to help them with their needs when you get elected. I'm looking at, like, Mike Franken, who's running for Senate, and he may be a great guy. I'll say this again. He might be incredible. He's coming to our region next week. Um, I'm excited to go listen to him. But the only reason I'm really excited is because he doesn't put shit on his website. There's nothing there. It's like Mike Franken for Senate. And you know he's a white man who mil has a military background. That's all you see. You can sign up for his newsletter. You can go look at his Facebook page. But his main hub, his main website that's supposed to have the things he stands for and cares about, that's an easy place to find that stuff. Some At some point, some campaign manager decided, we're just not going to do that anymore. It doesn't work. Hillary Clinton had too many of her policies on her website, and so they don't do it. All they're trying to do is, I'm a white man running for Congress, and I'm going to try to take out Kim Reynolds. Like, that's not relevant to me. That's not relevant to people of Southeast Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's, they're, they're completely missing the point. It's not, about, it's not about the person running. It's about do they even know or care about the issues right. that, that affect rural Iowa? Right. Yeah. Ob Obama won here. Twice. Exactly. Twice. If you're going to engage with people when you when you when you go and debate these topics or you interact with your legislator on these things, um, research your position. 
make sure that you have the data and the knowledge that you need to be able to back up your argument and sound reasonable. Because, because the truth of it is if, if they're spouting off fear-mongering crap, they're not going to be well-versed on that. Right. And you're going you're gonna to back them into that corner and they're either going to lash out, which is they're going to look really stupid, or you're going to shut them down. Right. Neither one gets you their vote. Neither one gets you gets you to convince them to join you in changing our politics. And and it's really easy to get wound up. God knows all three of us do that too, mm-hmm. and get really pissed off. And and it's really easy, especially on social media, to start you know lobbing personal attacks and things back. Stay calm. Aristotle once said, "It is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it." Right. Kick it around in your head a little bit before you just accept it as pure fact. And I would like to take that a step farther. I'd like to say, go out and do that. Mm-hmm. Go out and meet your neighbor. Go out and knock on their door and have these conversations. Go out and meet your teachers in your community because they're suffering right now. Yeah. Go out and talk to your healthcare professionals because they're suffering right now. And if, if you do a lot of your, I get it's COVID and, and social media is what it is. If you do a lot of your interaction via social media, learn how to Learn how to do a, <laughs> this is going to sound really weird. Learn how to do a pleasant drive-by. And what, what, I what do you mean, mean? What do you mean? What I mean by that is, so for example, I had a friend of mine today that posted a, uh, it, was a it was a graph that pointed to the cost of living index. And I think what they were trying to imply was, because obviously it looks really shitty right now. Mm-hmm. And I think what they were trying to imply was, well, see, we were so much better under Trump. <laughs> I think that was the point. I mean, they they sort of made it in a generalized view and threw the the option out there. And but if you you look at the the chart in the graph, I mean, you see an increase after the Vietnam War. You see an increase in the mid '80s uh, or the early '80s. There was an increase after the Gulf War. There was an increase after 9/11. There was an increase in the recession and then the pandemic. And so all I said was, weird. It's almost like the political party in charge has nothing to do with with how the economy performs, but the factors that influence, like wars, terrorist attacks, global pandemics. Right. (laughs) It didn't lead to a debate. Right. But they noticed my comment and acknowledged that, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. And I, I, granted, that may not work for everybody, but... It, I think at least it made them step back and think of, well, shit, yeah, there is another side to this. Well, and you didn't call them, you dumb shit. Yeah. How do you not see that this is the reality? Like, you, you were just like, weird. This it looks like this is the, the trend. That's interesting. And, and that you didn't criticize them. No. And, and I think that's sort of how you maybe undermine that fear a little bit is to just throw that little tidbit out there, not as an attack, but to make them kind of step back and think. Right. Granted, you'll never get the satisfaction necessarily of winning the argument or them coming back to you and saying, yep, you're right, I was wrong. Right. But if it made them stop and think about it for at least consider it for 10 seconds, right? maybe we'll eventually chip away at that. So that, that to me is the issue, right? Is, is in rural communities especially, that people don't like conflict. They, the apathy, to your point, Kellen, is, is very high, I feel like. They don't want to engage in politics. How many of my friends and colleagues in town have said, I don't really get into politics. I don't really get into politics. Meanwhile, the people they've elected 
are causing some pretty significant damage to our our social infrastructure, be it healthcare, education, et cetera. So that's a problem. Apathy leads to people taking advantage of you and you suffering. That is where I had trouble with bridging that gap between we're going to be nice to people. We're going to get them to slowly change their perspective over time. When in my mind, I'm like, I want that fucker out of office this election cycle. Yeah, I need that person who's posting the CPI graph voting this cycle. Yeah, Democrat. Exactly. Not, not in ten cycles. Yeah, because ten cycles, yeah. it's it's you, it takes too long to recover from, right? We might not have a country in ten cycles. Right. Well, we almost didn't. This last one. Yeah. If if it, the, that insurrection would have worked. Well, there's there's one unfolding right now. Yeah. Which is but a that, whole other episode. But you know, yeah. I think I think to your point though. I, I don't know that I buy that argument anymore of okay. I don't do politics. Right. I, everybody does politics unless they just don't vote, which in, in that case, there's really no point in arguing other than, than trying to right. explain to them the importance of voting. Right. We need but, you to vote. But I, I think that, I think that when people say that it's a cop out just because they don't, they don't want to end up if, especially if they don't know where you stand, they don't want to end up in that, yeah. debate or or it's become such a toxic discussion uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just saw i think a lot of it is just intellectual laziness yeah it's it's they've been raised a certain way to vote a certain way they're always going to do that they don't want to have to actually think about it they don't i i think that's a lot of it but i i also don't buy that argument the key is they don't have to though because in right. most cases right. it's it's a white man or woman yeah. in our rural communities right who are living in a state of privilege where it doesn't None of this shit impacts them. They've already honestly, graduated. And honestly, who whoever wins doesn't even impact them. No. Right? It doesn't matter because their civil rights aren't going to be taken away. Right? Right. They don't have to worry about their voting rights going somewhere, the control right. over their body. That's the ironic part is right in front of me right now, I'm holding in my hand because I just ran the caucuses for our county this earlier this week. I'm holding in my hand a, a list of, of thousands of names of registered Democrats from Henry County. And there were a total of 22 people that showed up at caucus. 22. 22. That included five online. Right. But there are. There's, there's thousands of Democrats. I can tell you who they all are. I have a list right here, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not getting engaged. And I think the reason they're not getting engaged is because, and this is, I'm not trying to blame teachers for anything or blame healthcare workers for anything, but you're struggling. And right now, we've been taught to scream at the void, to scream at legislators. Guess who's in charge of legislators? Citizens who vote. Yeah. So we need to organize now, granted, they took those rights away of teachers. In, in 2017, the right to, to, to organize as a union, the right to do collective bargaining disappeared, right? But the right to vote did not. The right for teachers to go up on a neighbor's um, porch and have a conversation about how their legislator just screwed them over did not disappear. So what, we need to do that. It's time to go to our neighbors and say, this isn't working, guys. It's hurting my job. It's hurting my ability to teach your kids. It's hurting my, my ability to treat your kids or your, your grandparents or you or whatever it is, right? Because we're the ones in control here. It's not the fucking... Jeff Shipley doesn't give us money. We talked about that last week. It's not his to give. It's our money. It's right. He works for us. Right. The only power really that's here is us. Right. And if you guys want to change it, you got to go talk to each other. Well, you got to talk to each other. And the important thing, there's so much of this, well, I've got mine, so fuck the rest of you mentality 
But the the thing that you should realize is is even if you're not a teacher or you're not you know your 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 household income doesn't depend on education or healthcare. The other thing that we've talked about, if if they can figure out how to disenfranchise those people, right? They can figure out how to disenfranchise you. Mm-hmm. When it comes Farmers, yeah. right? I mean, yes, right? right? They figured it out already. So, so for those of you who are paying attention to our podcast episodes, you saw a sort of a, a, a random episode get popped in in between our weekly episodes this week. And it was a replay of an interview we did with Lisa Fleshman, who wrote Boots on the Ground. Uh, it really documented her time uh, working for the Pete Buttigieg campaign. That said, her whole stick, what actually worked, was going door to door and talking to neighbors. And talking to the people on this list, and she goes into detail on that. I really encourage all our listeners to go back and listen to the episode, especially the interview part. We reposted it. You can, you can. It's just like the last episode on your app right now. But I think that's our key here, guys. I think that's what we have to do. We have to get boots on the ground. We got to go talk to people. We got to go grab our teachers and be like, "Hey, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Come on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go knock on the door with you. Yep. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend what's going on for you, and I want you to tell your story. Grab a couple friends." All right. Well, let's do it then. We'll grab some friends. We'll get on people's porches. We'll have discussions. And then instead of telling all of our listeners what happened on Facebook this last week, we'll tell them about the conversations we had on people's porches. So that wraps it up for this episode of Three Real White Guys. We look forward to joining you all again next week.